Hello and welcome to Doctors for All. My name is Simran. And my name's Abdul. And we are a group of final year medical students passionate about healthcare for everyone. This is the podcast where we talk to the experts, raise awareness about health inequalities, and explore the ways in which we, as health professionals, can tackle them together. So whether you're a doctor, nurse, pharmacist, student, or health leader, this is Doctors for All. We hope that you can learn something new with us today. Welcome to this six-part series with eminent professor, author, public health physician and speaker, Professor Samir Gray, talking about how we can help people live longer, better. Sir Gray was knighted in 2005 for his contributions to the health service, including developing Britain's breast, cervical and maternal and child screening programmes, creating the National Library for Health, the Cochrane Collaboration and much more. Currently, he is the director of the Optimal Ageing Programme, And in this series, we examine what exactly happens to us as we live longer and what can we do about it? So in this episode, we're going to be discussing the biological aging process. Um, But before we dive into that, um, Samir, would you be able to tell us a bit about yourself and what first sparked your interest in medicine and public health? Well, I started off being a vet um, because my family were all farming family. My mother was brought up in the the city in the th- 30s because money ran out for farming. So I wanted to be a vet. And then I decided veterinary studies were too difficult. You know, all these different placentas mm-hmm. and all these different feet. Um, so I changed to medicine. And um, I realized when I qualified that I did not have the, the mindset to do research. I couldn't be bothered to even complete an MRC application form, never mind three years working on one thing. But I, I knew I could, I could handle lots of things in my head at the one time. Um, and if we could put 10% of what we know into practice, people would be very much better off. So I started in surgery. But again, I knew oh, a three-hour operation every Thursday afternoon for the next 30 years was not for me. Mm. So I went into public health. And I was being particularly interested in what's called normal distributions. Is high blood pressure disease? Or is it just a line and a curve? Um, is dementia a disease or frailty or type 2 diabetes? Uh, so I went into public health 50 years ago today, about this time, and started work for the City of Oxford Health Department. And I've been in public health and I've done screening, also invented in knowledge and its management. We set up a thing called the Cochrane Collaboration in Oxford, and I set up the Centre for Evidence-Based Medicine and uh, then for about the last 30 odd years, I've been invested in, in value-based healthcare. Probably 10% of all the money we spend doesn't do people any good at all, even though it's delivered at high mm-hmm. quality. Um, but uh, running through this has been a major interest in living longer, better. And that's what I'd like to, to uh, speak to you about and speak to the, our listeners about living longer, better. Yes, and I can't wait to dive into that with you. I know as a young medical student, we tend not to learn about or think about the aging process in necessarily the right way. Um, And I know you're the director of the Optimal Aging Programme, so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Well, what we say is we've discovered the elixir of life in Oxford. 
and it's called knowledge. And it's consumed by lifelong learning, not out of a bottle. And hundreds of millions of dollars are being spent on a chemical um, elixir of life. But I don't actually meet many people who want to live to 118 or 142, two of the ages which I've seen in the cover of Time magazine or you know, the, the glossy American magazines. But it's, it's big business looking for the elixir of life. But I uh, say I don't meet many people who want to live uh, that length of time. People are increasingly interested, and the NHS is, in healthy life expectancy uh, rather than life expectancy. So our aim is to compress that period of morbidity at the end of life when you're unable to get to the toilet in time and you become a, um, a bloody nuisance, your nearest and dearest. And that's what people want to avoid. And we now have a very strong evidence that we can reduce the risk of dementia and frailty and disability and dependence. But to do that, we have to understand what is happening to us as we're living longer. And I thought uh, today I might speak a little bit about one of the four factors, because there are four things happening to us. One is the normal biological process of aging. The second is loss of fitness, uh, which we'll discuss the next time. Yeah. The third is disease, complicated by accelerated loss of fitness. Mm. And the fourth is ageism, negative thinking. So um, I think if we could take it a bit at a time yeah. I was once um, thinking yeah. about long podcasts and then I said people could learn when they're in their cars or, mm. and, my, and my daughter said, well, what happens if they fall asleep when they're driving down? <laughs> so, um, so I hope people are walking while they're listening to this. We'll come back to that. <laughs> at a time. So if perhaps yeah. if I could say a little bit about what we know now about the normal biological process yeah. of aging. Yeah, so what role does aging actually play um, in terms of our decline as we get older? Then. Well, as I say, the aging is one of the four processes that affects us. The other three being loss of fitness, disease, and negative thinking. So let's think a little bit about aging, the normal biological process. And it looks as though aging is not a cause of major problems until the late 90s. Uh, look at Her Majesty, for example, or David Attenborough. Now, you do need a bit of luck, uh, partly to be born to the right parents. And that could be parents who are wealthy, but it seems even more important to be born to parents who value education. And then you need a bit of luck to avoid the diseases we can't prevent, Alzheimer's, for example, and Parkinson's. But people, if it's only aging, um, Noam Chomsky was being interviewed yesterday, and at the age of 92, uh, Richard Dahl, who discovered smoking and, and cancer links, he gave his last big lecture at the age of 94, a packed lecture theatre in Oxford. So uh, ageing yeah. is not the cause of major problems, but we do have to take ageing seriously because there are two effects of ageing. And the biological effects of ageing are twofold. One is the maximum level of ability that you can achieve. There's no doubt that that's affected. Probably starts about 40, if you look at uh, Roger Federer and Serena Williams, and there's an article in the Times yesterday about about Federer and um, how aging was starting to affect them. Maximum level of ability decreases. The mm. second issue about aging is it reduces your resilience, your ability to respond to a challenge. The challenge might be a drop in environmental temperature, or it might be a trip or stumble, or it might be a year of lockdown called deconditioning. Yeah. 
And the thing is that because of aging, the recovery is slower and may not be complete. So those are the effects of aging. Now, the importance of that is that this means that every year you need to become more active. Um, and as I'll say, maybe the podcast after the next, the long-term conditions, every diagnosis you get, you have to become more active, not less active, to cope with the effect of aging. So I'd ask the people who are listening to think of their mum or dad or their grandparents if they've got them, and what message would they give them about aging? And the message I would recommend is, yes, aging has to be taken seriously, but its effects are often complicated by the loss of fitness and disease. And by taking it seriously, it means every year you need to become more active. And that means you should be giving your parents and grandparents not chocolates and cardigans and shawls, but a new pair of trainers or a Tai Chi lesson. Now, all of these things apply yeah. to the brain too, as we'll discuss separately. So the brain, there is an effect of aging on the brain, which has been greatly overemphasized. There's also loss of fitness and challenge. And this is a major problem that people face as they live longer, that the challenge it reduces. And even people in high-powered jobs, they're actually coping with those much more easily in their middle 50s. I can think of mm -hmm. uh, a businessman in his middle 50s. Um, they're coping much more easily than they were meeting the challenges at the age of 15. So yeah. to summarize, uh, living longer better is possible. It mm -hmm. is possible to prevent or delay dementia and frailty and disability. But we have to understand yeah. what's happening. And in this podcast, we focus on the normal biological process of aging. And in the next, in the next podcast, uh, I'm going to discuss fitness and how fitness becomes even more important every year. That was super insightful, talking about the biological process of aging. Thank you so much to Samir Gray. I'm so excited for this series. The effects that many people are assume are due to aging are in fact due to the other three factors. Join us in the next episode where we talk about fitness. Get out and spread the word, everyone who's listening. Bye-bye.